The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. Happy Monday. This week is actually my birthday as you're listening to this, so I decided to do a little play on that and give you 25 things no one tells you about dental school. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It might be a slightly dramatic title, but I'm going to be spilling some tea and also sharing some regular old realities about dental school in this episode. I decided I want to do something playing on the number 25 because this week is my 25th birthday. It's so crazy to think that this year of life, in the next 12 months, I'm going to be a dentist. I probably won't start work until next summer, right around turning 26, but I'm still going to graduate and get licensed at 25. That is so surreal, but enough about me. Let's talk about things no one tells you when it comes to dental school. And I just need to say, it took me a while to make this list. It was actually a lot of things to come up with. So do me a little bit of a birthday treat, please, and rate the show five stars when you're listening, whether that's on Apple or Spotify. And if you want to be extra, extra sweet, please share my show with one friend of yours in the dental community. Okay, let's dive in to number one. I think at least everyone has to remediate at least once. If not, more realistically, I think the number is three to five times. Seems to be pretty typical across things including practicals or exam-based courses. I know for myself, there's been some exams that I scored really low on that I didn't have to remediate. I probably can't count that. It's maybe like five or something across maybe had an anatomy or a different systems classes, but I was able to balance it out with other exams in the class. So I don't really count those. I mean, literally, you got an email saying you need to remediate this or to redo this. So I can think on some times for myself, and I'm probably forgetting things because D1, D2 year especially seem so long ago at this point, I feel old, (laughs) but I can think back to D1 year. I know that I had to redo my class one occlusal filling, not even the prep, because it wasn't clinically sound. And that's because I put bond on top of my restoration and cured it so that it would look more shiny and pretty and less dusty crusty, as you know, that type of teeth can get. But they put that on my rubric and said, you can't do this on a real patient, so therefore you need to redo it. And I knew that you don't do that on a real patient, but I kind of did it anyways. And 
you know, you can see how that worked out. But now doing a class one occlusal is so easy to me. So that just goes to show that it it gets better, you know? And I have to also say anything to do with remediating practicals in terms of ideal preps on teeth. I'm not saying prepping on all teeth because, you know, you have the tongue, you have saliva, you have interesting occlusion, you have bombed out teeth. Obviously, those are harder than typodonts, but prepping just an ideal prep on a natural tooth is so much easier than the model teeth. So the work you're doing directly on the model teeth, if you did the same thing on a patient, I can tell you 100% it would be easier. And the rest of D1, as I said, I don't specifically remember something that I didn't pass, but there might have been. And I remember D3 pretty well since it just happened a few months ago. I know that I failed our endodontics final by like 0.5%. So it was very, very close. And then our oral pathology, I told you all about this on Instagram, our midterm. So that could be like diagnostic sciences is what we call it, but I think people understand it better when I call it oral path. I had to come back and pass the class by doing better on the final. And I worked really hard. I met with the professor. I studied a lot and tried to use different resources than what was given to us through the course itself because obviously those didn't cut it for me because I didn't pass the midterm. And then I ended up getting over 100% on the final. So let that be a story that you can you can learn something in a subject that seems to just not make any sense. I'm telling you, you really can. If I can do it, you could definitely do it. I am no out-of-the-park exceptional student. And the last thing that I had to remediate recently was two of, I think there was 12 or 14 different discipline sections on our D3 OSCE. So that's like a big exam at the end of each year of dental school, going over your clinical knowledge so far, and it's not necessarily tested as clinical knowledge, unfortunately, but that's what they want it to be. So one of the sections I had to redo was oral radiology, but it was questions about dosage and radiology exposure, not so much caries diagnosis. And then the other section I had to redo was evidence-based dentistry, funny enough. And again, it's not, do you use composite or amalgam here? Or can you use composite in areas with a lot of saliva? It's not that kind of evidence. It's more like research study designs and random other info. And all of this about the OSCE, is pretty ironic because everyone that I've talked to, again, I haven't surveyed all 130 of my classmates, but I can tell a good chunk of the class has to remediate at least one section. I know someone that's doing almost five sections. And I say it's ironic because most of us have already passed the INBDE, which is the national boards exam that every single dental student has to take. So you would think that we have the clinical knowledge and a lot of us were studying for boards right around the time of the OSCE so we were even actively studying at that point too it's not like we took boards and then it's been months and months and we took the OSCE most of us were just taking boards right around that time or we're taking it in a month or so so we were in the middle of studying or just freshly studied so really <laughs> we think the OSCE was perhaps just worded weird and not a great assessment of our clinical knowledge because it was the first time that they've done one. So I'll leave it at that. 
Okay, that was the longest single item on this podcast, so don't worry. They're not all 25 things going to take six minutes, I promise. The next one, number two of things no one tells you about dental school. It's okay if it's not the best four years of your life or you didn't make the best friendships you've ever had. I've talked about this before with D1 year, way, way back in those episodes and also on my YouTube channel, that I had so many speakers come in to pre-dental organizations and undergrad that went to dental school and they're like, man, dental school, it was so hard, but man, it was the best time and I am so close with my friends still. We are friends for life. They're my family, all this. And it was a lot of people. It was four, five, six, ten friends. So I went into dental school expecting that and I've had a great time. Do not get me wrong. Dental school has been amazing, but I'm not leaving here with a group chat of 10 new best friend, basically family member people. I've made close friendships and all that, but just know that if you feel weird or guilty because you don't feel like you have that kind of extremely large close-knit group, it is so normal and totally okay. And that leads me in to item number three. There's someone for everyone. Just like all parts of your life, you're going to find people you connect with in dental school. No matter your life stages or interests, there's bound to be someone you bond with and can work through all that is dental school together. So that ties in nicely to point number two that I made there. So whether you're a parent or you have to work a job on the weekends or you really like going to pottery classes or you don't want to do anything dental school unless it's eight to five or you want to study 24 seven and you want to get perfect grades or you commute from somewhere so you're not even in the area of campus or you live right on campus or you have a certain kind of scholarship whatever it may be there are people in the class that have those interests I can almost guarantee it at least based on my experience at my school number four keep your costs of living low as low as you can it's the only thing you have control over when it comes to your future debt you don't have any say in tuition other than maybe picking which dental school you go to but not everyone has that privilege to have multiple offers so your cost of living and those fixed expenses is the only thing you can control So it might seem easier to just act like the interest won't happen and the loans you're taking out are monopoly money, but wouldn't you rather be debt-free sooner in life so you can have those bigger life experiences without worry than spend four years of dental school living in an overpriced high-rise apartment when you could have gotten something cheaper, maybe with roommates or commuted a little bit into school? To each their own, of course, everything I'm saying, you can say that. But it's important to consider how much you can lower your fixed expenses and cost of living. And number five, SimLab is so different than clinic. I might have done a whole episode about this by now, but if I haven't yet, it's definitely on my list. So it seems obvious, right? But seriously, there's no practice when you're in clinic and for real clinical scenarios. I was hinting at it earlier in this episode. Bombed out teeth a ton of saliva, the tongue, water spraying and not having someone to assist you, all this kind of stuff. Uh, You're just not prepared for it in SimLab and you have to practice it 
in the real mouth and everyone's mouth is different. Even if you did the same situation on the same tooth a few times, you're going to grow in confidence, but they're not exactly the same because everyone's teeth are a little bit different. Or you might be in a different clinic with different supplies or different matrix systems, all of these different factors. And you need to be able to function in any of those environments and get from point A to point B anesthetize the patient successfully, remove the decay, and fill to a clinically acceptable amount. And that can be really hard, especially when you're first starting clinic, because you haven't done a lot of anesthesia, most likely. I don't know how every school is. And you haven't done any bombed out teeth, and you haven't worked a ton on every single tooth in the mouth, at least for us with practicals or with different sim lab assignments. We'd have a class two, and then it would give us five different teeth to do it on, and then the practical would be on another tooth. So we'd really only practice a class two on six teeth of the mouth, which, I mean, it's decent. You get the same idea. Like some would be maxillary, some would be mandibular. They'd be across different quadrants, but it's just not the same. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm trying to keep these 25 things people don't tell you a little intermixed so they're not all clinical and then personal life at the end. So I'm trying to sprinkle different things in there to make sure you all stay interested. So number six, weekends are sacred. I think there's an outside opinion. Well, there's two schools of thought. First outside opinion is that you have to study 24-7 in dental school because it is so, so hard. I'm not saying it's not hard, but I don't think you need to study 24-7 It depends what your goals are, but for the most part, I really think if you go and give yourself at least one day off a week, no dental school at all, it's going to pay off. And the other school of thought is I think people looking at dental school as, oh, you couldn't get into medical school or something like that. I don't think that's too common these days for people to have that perception But some people think dental school is just like very easy walk in the park learning about teeth, which if they're thinking that, they're obviously very misinformed about all of the medical knowledge that we are required to learn our first few years of dental school. But personally, how I did this, it wasn't so, so relevant now because now that I'm a D4, I don't really have to study too often because boards are done and we really don't have classes. But I have other things on my plate, but it seems like I have rest and relaxation very often, pretty much every day. And then, yes, on the weekends, I don't do any dental school. But earlier, D1 and D2 year, I tried to always give myself two full days off. And that didn't necessarily mean all day Saturday, all day Sunday, because I feel and I've always felt like this. I get a lot done on Sundays. And you might have an exam or a big assignment due the next day. So for me, it wasn't realistic to say no school on Sundays. What I would do is when I got home from dental school on Friday, so let's say that could be 3 o'clock, it could be 5 o'clock, could be 6 o'clock, I wouldn't do anything Friday night. 
I mean, who wants to do school on Friday night? Anyways, and then I would pick it back up around 1 or 2 p.m. Sunday. So I would really take Friday night, all day Saturday, hopefully off. And by knowing that you're doing that, I also think you're more productive throughout the week. And I don't mean just, I'm going to sit on the couch and do nothing, which nothing wrong with that. But I would try to make specific plans that you're going to hang out with a certain friend, even if you are sitting around on the couch with them doing nothing or going out to lunch or just going to do a hobby that you love, spending time outside. Have a specific plan in mind because that avoids procrastinating the rest of the week and then not being able to use that really valuable downtime when you're not going to do dental school. If you don't use your other moments of the week to get all your work done, then you're not going to be able to follow this and it's all going to kind of compile on top of each other and eventually lead to burnout. So make sure that you're going into the semester with a game plan and you let your brain reset with at least hopefully one day off a week if you can manage it. I think two worked very nicely for me and you can be a more healthy and happy version of yourself and I think a better dental student overall because you're going to have a more fresh and rejuvenated mind. So depending who you talk to, you might hear a lot, this is number seven, that physical fitness is very important for dentistry. And I think people talk about it, but people don't always practice it, unfortunately, for whatever types of reasons about their life. Not everyone prioritizes physical fitness. So I really wanted to emphasize it at least once in this episode. It's so important to get into some kind of routine with both strength elements and stretching elements. And then we all know for our cardiovascular health, doing cardio exercise is also important, but not necessarily for dentistry itself. So for dentistry itself, strengthening and stretching are essential because you will get sore doing dental work without it. I never really feel tense or sore from clinic except for sometimes I clench my jaw on hard procedures, which I never clench. I've never been a clencher, but my face hurts so bad after some hard procedures or in the middle of it. And I'm like, no, relax, relax, relax. And it takes a couple hours for it to untense. So I'm not 100% free of any ailments with dentistry, but I have classmates who feel sore and are already complaining after a day of clinic or just about being in clinic in general and it being hard on their back or hard on their neck. And we haven't even started our first job yet. We're not even seeing a full schedule of patients. I'm sure it's a combo of physical fitness and also trying to have good ergonomics, but the part you have a lot of control of is regularly trying to do some kind of exercise routine that works for you. For me, I am doing bar, yoga, strength, and cardio classes all at the same workout studio with a student discount plan. And it's my favorite thing in general because it makes me really happy because exercise is good for your mental health as well. But in terms of physical fitness, I can handle long procedures and everything so much better because my body is stronger, my core strength, my leg strength if you're up in a surgery and you're having to stand the whole time. All of that is a lot better, but don't leave out the stretching either. Even if you don't do yoga, you need to make a stretching routine for yourself at home for 
your whole body, but I would say specifically your wrists and your neck. You should be trying to stretch them every day and ideally before and after patient procedures as well or in between like when you're going to lunch and then coming back up to clinic. So that was another long one. Number nine is learn Oh, number eight. Sorry, I almost skipped one. I wonder if anyone would have noticed if I skipped one. (laughs) Number eight, there's multiple right ways to do something and they can all be right in quotes. You can safely achieve the same clinical outcome in a handful of ways. So ask around and try different things until you see what has the most success for you personally. And that can be done, especially if we're talking about restorations, When you do your next recall on a patient and you take updated x-rays, you can see how do my margins on my class twos look and it can be very humbling, but hopefully you're pleasantly surprised and they look great. But that's what dental school is for. You have so much access to so many teachers and also some talented peers all in one place and you're never going to have that again. So take advantage of it. Number nine, learn digital dentistry. The world is only going to get more and more into tech and don't get behind. If your school doesn't have the latest and greatest, seek it out and come ready to roll when you graduate. Number 10 is huge. You are in control. Don't let anyone tell you that this is not your dental school experience and you have no say in what's going on. Obviously, things happen to you as a dental student that you don't have the ability to prevent all the time. But generally speaking, we are the ones paying money and devoting four years of our lives to learning and providing service at this dental school. So stand up for changes that you want to see and be proactive about your education. So that's twofold. Standing up for changes that you want to see and then being proactive about your education in terms of seeking out extra clinical experiences, making sure you're getting all of the education that you feel you need upon graduation. So don't let those tuition dollars go to waste or just sitting around spending time complaining with at least without at least trying to fix a situation or improve it for the next group to come through. Number 11, this is for my pre-dense specifically or I guess people applying to residency. Every student slash resident has a different opinion about their program. That could be whether the school is good or bad, if you should specialize or not, if you should do any residency or not, and when you're looking for jobs, if you should work in a rural city or if you should apply for a loan for repayment scholarships or that's going to tie you down, you should be a free agent. There's so many different ways to get to the end goal of being a dentist and different ways you can go about being a dentist and different ways you can go through being a dental student. You get the gist here. Everyone has a different opinion. So I think it's very beneficial, as we've talked about, to ask around and get information from all different types of backgrounds and experiences and all the different opinions. And then you can go into dental school or into residency with less expectations and more of an open mind because I think I had very specific expectations of dental school and I need to go back and even like watch those videos because I don't think that they were necessarily met at all. I have this series. I need to actually make it again this year. I usually film it around May time so I should definitely get that on my to-do list to get it up before summer's over but it's essentially five expectations for D1 year, D2 
D2 year, D3 year, and now it would be D4 year. And then I react to the ones from the previous school year to see if they were true or not. And then I give five more. So I need to do that because I'm already in the midst of D4, but I can at least react to the ones from D3. So keep an eye on the YouTube channel. That's just Haley Schultz, just my name. Number 12, try to practice four-handed dentistry if you can. That means you as the dental provider and however assistants work at your school, letting them actually assist you as if you're in a real clinic. At least at our school, most of the time, assistants are just retracting and maybe suctioning or drying the tooth while you get ready for an impression. Work more efficiently. Have them hand you instruments for each step of the procedure so you don't even have to look up. Have them use an alcohol wipe to clean your mirror, spray air on your mirror when you're working on the maxillary teeth so you can actually see without having to stop so often and dry it off. This helps you be more efficient and more realistic to the real world. Number 13, find a hobby or continue one during dental school. Same idea as what we've been talking about. You need to feed into yourself and remind yourself that you are more than a student while you are in dental school. Number 14, get disability insurance and life insurance from ASDA while you're a dental student. Get that filled out D1 year as soon as your membership processes. Usually your membership to ASDA doesn't start until January, even depending whenever you enroll to your school's chapter. So I think around January of your D1 year, you're going to be eligible to fill that out and you get a Starbucks gift card if you filled it out. So why not, right? It's completely free and it's a decent amount of coverage considering it's a free plan. But the second part of this things people don't talk about is that you want to get your dentist level policy, so not your student policy, right away before graduation or close to graduation. So that's for disability insurance as well as life insurance because even if you don't think you're the healthiest person right now or flip side, you think you're invincible and you don't need it, you're never going to be as healthy or young as you are in that single day. So it's the time to get it right away right around graduation. Number 15, just because we wear scrubs to clinic doesn't mean you don't have an excuse to enter your business era. I would say get a few cute blazers or professional outfits. They are so fun to shop for and they can be affordable if you want them to be. Most blazers of mine are from Amazon. I like to get a fun color and then I just wear it with like a neutral pant or I even have dabbled in some pattern, different types of plaid pants, but that's for me. Um, Other places that are on the higher end in my mind is like Banana Republic, but they have a great student discount too. I like to use these outfits for conferences, headshots, networking events. So I know you might be buying scrubs for dental school, but I think it's also fun to treat yourself at some point to a little business outfit because for me I find that to be very fun and exciting number 16 pharmacology matters it's tragic I know I'm gonna pretty much leave it at that but you need to know different drugs that patients are on and why they're taking them and the dental implications as well as how local anesthetics work Number 17, dental materials also matters. I I don't want to hear this either, guys. I don't know what to tell you. As much as I hated the physics and the stress-strain curves and all these different things that were in our dental materials or biomaterials, we call it at Michigan, classes. We had three of them. They were some of the worst classes to me just because I don't like physics. It was like a physics-chemistry hybrid and I was not about it, but you need to know the different materials and which ones are better than the others. And also 
the biomechanics of how they work and their different bonding mechanisms. And honestly, I say this for pharmacology and dental materials that they're important and they matter because they do, but I'm not trying to act like I'm an expert in them because they are things I am constantly, constantly working on during clinic now to understand more because I'm recognizing now in practice how important they are. So if you can try to take those courses seriously while you're in them, which maybe I was just trying to get from A to B and get through the class, I think it would be beneficial to you. And they don't go away. Number 18, get involved early. Leadership in student orgs has been one of my favorite parts of dental school, so I highly recommend joining D1 year and also applying for a smaller position. Most orgs have different positions that might only plan like one event or you might be a D1 representative to make sure that your classes, interests, and schedule is accounted for as the org is working on events. So I highly recommend applying for those things and getting involved as early as you can because I've had so many wonderful personal opportunities come up through student orgs, whether it's directly or indirectly because of my involvement. But also, it's just very fun and rewarding to be part of the groups planning events at dental school because that's what's making people's dental school experience fun and bringing all the classes together, bringing students together, creating memories. And for me, that's super rewarding. Okay, number 19. Number 19, more of things you maybe don't want to hear. Pack your lunch and save some money. You're going to be forced to make healthier choices as well. I think when I don't pack a lunch, I end up going to the cafeteria at the school or cafe and they have a lot of prepackaged meal options. They have like hummus and they have fruit, they have yogurt, they have wraps, they have sushi. They have a lot of things that would be pretty healthy, but have I ever bought them? Nope. What do I buy? I buy a caffeinated chocolate bar, and a big bag of Cheez-Its. So don't be like me. Maybe you would be better than me, but I think a lot of us all listening here today are similar. So don't be like me and pack your lunch. Meal prepping for the week in general saves a lot of money, but even if you just make one or two things for the week and some is dinner, some is lunch, that is better than nothing. So save some money, but also it can help you be healthier. On the topic of being healthy, number 20, get a fun water bottle. You deserve it. Some water bottles or whatever type of beverage container is trending at the moment can be expensive, but honestly, whatever you think is cute and enjoyable and functional, get it. I know I've been talking about saving money, so it's kind of contradictory, but for me, health is the place to not always be a penny pincher. You want to be hydrated and bringing a water bottle to school that you love and is functional and encourages you to use it is essential. Number 21, don't be shy or stay in your bubble. This little 17-year-old Haley, 18-year-old Haley hearing this would have been like, hmm, I wonder how that would happen. I literally could not function talking to adults, I like to say, when I was someone just getting into college. I did not know how to have those conversations and make small talk and get to know someone that wasn't a peer, that we didn't have something initial in common. So it's something I had to work on a lot throughout undergrad. 
But going out of your comfort zone to network is key. This is now talking about dental school. Unless you're literally going into work for a family member after school. If you want to go to a residency or find a job the old-fashioned way, you have to network. That's where you find the best jobs. That's just the facts. Attending events that might seem intimidating and starting to introduce yourself to people. The worst thing I think people can do is they attend these events with other students. Makes sense. You're going to carpool. You're going to be most comfortable talking to your peers, talking to other students. I understand. But do not only talk to the students the whole time. Why did you even go? I know you can learn a lot from your peers, but imagine how impressed someone will be if you walk over to a group of dentists and you say something along the lines of, hi, I'm Haley. I'm one of the dental students at this meeting. I was hoping to introduce myself and just meet some of the dentists involved here. What brings you all here today? Or what is your connection with the AACD or with ADA? Or how long have you been practicing in Michigan? Whatever, you know, the event is about. Provide a follow-up question so you're not just like, hi, and standing there. Which, honestly, I've also done that once because I was so nervous to walk up to a group of five older male dentists just chatting and they were all friends. But I was like, well, I'm the first student here. They're the first people here. I'm not just going to stand in the corner. I'm going to walk up to them and say hello. And honestly, I didn't have much to back my hello. I just said, hi, I'm Haley. I'm a dental student. And then they jumped in and they were so excited to get to know me. I really think the dental community is extremely supportive. I understand that it can be scary to go up and talk to people, but I've done it. It is scary, but it must be done. Number 22, short and sweet. You need comfy shoes. You need supportive shoes, you need to understand if you have flat feet or high arches, if you need different insoles added, even if they are comfy shoes, you need comfy shoes, another place to spend a little bit of extra money because you're going to wear them every single day. Number 23, have a backup set of scrubs and socks and essentials in your locker at school. You just never know. I've gotten wet walking to school, whether I had to change my whole scrubs or just change out my socks or my shoes. I literally keep a full set of black scrubs, socks, other essentials that I might need, as well as I have a pair of clinic shoes that I change into in the winter. But if I ever needed them any other time of the year, if something happened to my normal shoes I was wearing, I could also change into those. And I think it's worth it. It might seem like you're missing out on a pair of scrubs, but I just put ones in there that I wouldn't choose to wear anyways, usually, because they're nothing cute and exciting. Number 24, we're in the home stretch, everyone. You've almost made it through. Number 24, I wish I would have gotten to know my faculty more. I can tell they have such special stories and lives, clinical or not, and they have so much that they could share, but honestly, I haven't gotten to know any of our faculty on a super personal level. There's maybe one that I've sat and talked to for a couple hours at a time here and there. That's probably the only person I would say that I've gotten to know, and I feel like I could contact them after school and it would be super normal. All of the faculty I've interacted with, I feel comfortable contacting or reaching out to just because I do that a lot going out of my comfort zone, as I've been saying, and networking with people, but it's not because we're close. It's just because I would be comfortable doing that. So I'm just saying if you have the time and think someone is interesting or has a lot to share, sit and chat with them a little, take the extra moments to get to know them and get to get some advice from them going into your dental career. Number 25, ending off on a wholesome note, you're going to grow so much during dental school. 
And I'm not even going to explain that one because you all understand what I'm talking about. But that is everything for this episode. 25 things people don't talk about with dental school or maybe don't talk about enough. I hope you all gained some insight into dental school life, maybe got some tips for yourself. If you did, again, please share this episode with a friend or share the podcast with a friend. It really helps me out. And thank you all so, so much for listening in this week. I will talk to you next Monday.